<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I say we hit it and quit. <laughs> just Oh, tonight we got them. Goldie, the Sulk, and JC. And it starts right now. Oh, welcome back. Welcome back. I see Goldie air guitaring to the song, <laughs> sounding the alarm in his Airbnb. Oh, yeah. We're going to have internet lag, bad backgrounds, sound cutouts, a full spectrum of vacation home podcast shittiness. Uh, Yep. We we give you that anyway. But today it's going to be technical as well. Yes. So welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of a typical disgusting display podcast for writers by writers who hate writing. And Goldie, we're going to talk about, oh, the hoodie's coming up. Belichick Goldie, here he is. Um, Jedi Goldie. Uh, We're going to talk about... first joke of the day. First joke of the day. That's Goldie hates that. Nope, that doesn't qualify as a joke. That would be a good joke. The bar is is buried in the ground. (laughs) The bar... It needs to be excavated. The bar is a fiber optic bar in the ground. Um, so we're going to, we're going to talk about, uh, Twitter in a minute, but, uh, Goldie, I had a realization. I know uh, a few months ago for a few episodes, we were talking about anger on here and we were trying to figure out like different ways to kind of negotiate it and manage it. And, oh, I figured something out and I can do this. Of course, none of it really sticks or works, but I did have a thought the other day, which I do think might, could make me, let's say 8% happier all the time. And I want to see okay. if, you, if you agree with this. This year, going forward from this point, this year, I'm going to vow to not be irrationally angry at inanimate objects. Oh, that's a tough one, though. Okay. So first of all, yep. there's like 1% left in the year. No, no, no. I'm saying no. From this count, from today through the through next November, let's say. Let's say. Okay. So you're yelling at carrots and. Yeah. Well, no, but how often does this happen? Where either you stub your toe, or you catch your sleeve on a doorknob, or you know, there's something where you end up getting irrationally mad at something that is not alive, and it makes no sense, but it happens often. Yeah. And I think to myself, if I could just quell that anger, that's it would just take a little bit off the top. Interesting. Sure. First I would see a neurologist as to why you're banging into things and bumping and <laughs> stubbing and nothing and 
banging just make <laughs> get a checkup and make sure you're in the it's clear. possible it's possible uh, that, could, that could be a, a yeah weed thing. second i would i would say uh, how drunk are you you're, <laughs> you're falling sideways into everything well i mean that maybe uh, cons- why, yeah well, i mean what, what am i supposed to say like no you should continue to get angry at inanimate objects no. of course i'm gonna get on board with this it's a fine plan i mean yeah no but I, I want i but i wanted you to I, I mean is this not something that you two share i mean do you guys find yourself it. like looking at something and going fuck you stupid oh, I, it can ruin my day it can yes, if i start the day you. like that the whole day will be just shifted in yeah. the wrong dimension. But yes. my question to you is, isn't it safer to be angry at an inanimate object than an animate <laughs> object? <laughs> well, that's a fair point. I mean, obviously the backdrop is working on all kinds of anger with people <laughs> right. and and all and and animals and that yeah. kind of stuff. But <laughs> but if I can knock out the shit that that makes yes. no sense. Like it makes no sense to be upset with a, a lamp for not for a bulb for blowing out for yeah. a, a you know a, a smoke detector to be testing its you know anything like yes. that to get <laughs> and then that kind of shit makes me mad. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I I was in a in the our attic the other day and I just bumped my shoulder into a wall and I was so angry. <laughs> like, yes, you know you want to just palm the wall and give it like a you know up in the nose like a karate yeah (laughs) yes but i want to cut that out that's the goal okay so i mean you're kind of saying i'm too much of a perfectionist (laughs) (laughs) who me i yeah you're saying like any any disorder in my world is no no i'm saying i have so much excess anger that if i can find ways to trim around the edges it would be yeah. helpful. So I guess what you're trying to say is you shouldn't sound the alarm. Oh. <laughs> nope. Do now not that should have been alarm. first joke of the day. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> She's on record. It's too late, JC. I know. I you already press pressed yeah, that. Button. You should just, if these things happen, then you should, I mean, I'm, I'm a big proponent. I mean, this is what so much of my mental work focuses on is giving myself and telling my brain that I'm actually safe. And so I don't need to get into this riled state. I don't need to get in the fight or flight. You know, yeah. I don't need to get my nerves on edge because these things that happen are just events with no weight meaning. or meaning yeah. other than what I'm assigning to them. What he said. That's so, true. That's great. That's true. So yes, I would say you should do that and uh, keep us updated as to how it's going, not yeah. screaming at light bulbs. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> This is all I wanted, just a safe space to express my ideas, which clearly I haven't found here. Speaking of a safe space to express your ideas, Twitter. Let's talk yeah. Twitter. So sure. for those for those who were all the three of us are all on Twitter. And yes, I'm uh, Goldie and I have been on for some years now and Pioneers. Pioneers, oh pioneers. So <laughs> in the in the past, in the heyday of Twitter, Goldie and I had a lot of fun writing jokes up there, getting good responses, you know, retweets, likes, and all that stuff. It was You're fun. You're like Twitter addictive. famous. What's that? And just, you guys were Twitter famous, right? Mildly. Sure. Okay. Mildly. <laughs> to interject, the heyday of Twitter was the first 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Second joke of the day. <laughs> and what year was this? Like, about? Well, this is 2009 for me. Okay. That's what I'm, that's where, what I'm circling. Okay. 2009. Okay. Um, and and so now you know we all know because it's a big news story 
Elon Musk has taken it over and is it seems like he's, you know, setting a course straight for the center of the sun and just like bound and determined to fuck it all up in many uh, spectacular ways. And people are saying like, you know, employees are leaving and the whole thing might go away and maybe Trump is coming back. He's been cordially invited by Elon. Uh, and there's the whole checkmark debacle. So Goldie, I noticed on your, because you're basically you and you're really the only page you and maybe Mike Scully where I'll go and look and, and look at your last, you know, dozen, 15 tweets if I haven't seen them. So I looked at your page today and uh, I noticed like two or three tweets back, you had uh, quoted a tweet from Elon Musk saying, okay, Trump is welcome back. And you wrote a tweet on top of it was like, goodbye to this dog shit app. I'm out of here. <laughs> and then you had two tweets above it. <laughs> so yeah. I wanted you to explain your thought process there. What happened? Okay. Well, first of all, I haven't liked being on this service in about 10 years. I, I did enjoy it at the beginning. And there was fun in when things were happening, like the Academy Awards or the Super Bowl, when you knew everyone was on there and you yes. shot out a joke and you could just see it ricochet around kind of the country and get you know, thousands of responses to it. And that was, I became power mad. Right. Yeah, addicted. At that point, I became addicted. Yeah. I became I a fiend, I and I was chasing. I could see why chasing was... those likes. Me too. You know? and, yeah. and of course, like every addiction, it <laughs> became less and less satisfying, as it, and occupied more and more of my time. Mm -hmm. And I think Trump being on there—I mean, you want to talk about your brain being in an alerted state. I mean, when he would get on there and just suddenly say, you know immigrants aren't welcome and no transgender people in the military and yeah you know lash out at kim jong-un and you go this fucker is going to cause world war three and i kind of want to be aware if there's yes. a nuclear missile headed to la yeah so yeah. i can jack off so <laughs> <laughs> is that what you'd be doing while the missiles in the air furiously sure. jacking I mean, off well, you get one last one in, right? <laughs> but but, but you wouldn't have you wouldn't have sex, sex with your, your wife. wife. You ja you no, jack I mean, off you you do it on your own terms. I get it. Well, I mean, I'm assuming I'm on Zoom at work. For this. <laughs> right. Okay. Good point. <laughs> And then maybe I can come back from jacking off on camera because Jeffrey Tubin did. But yeah. sex on camera is probably going to lose my job if the missile lands in the sea and nothing happens. Right. It's like you've got to preserve something. Yeah. For, and, you know, maybe the radiation cloud hangs over L.A. for two months and then, you know, it dissipates. And then people are like, family guys coming back because it's the one thing that nothing it's seems like, to be able to kill this family. Right. So, like Seth wants us to come out of our bunkers and be in person. But the cloud <laughs> yeah. hasn't lifted yet. He doesn't care. <laughs> Yeah. It's better for back to work. He doesn't know no one else is working. <laughs> He's just like, where is everyone? I'm ready. So anyway, you know, it was just maddening Trump on Twitter. And then, of course, that culminated in January 6th when literally there was a, the Capitol policeman. And I, I forget his name and I apologize. I believe his first name was Michael. But he basically saved the United States by Elmer Fudding protesters down yes. the wrong hallway. And like yes. Looney Tunes, they followed him. He's like. Pelosi is that way. And they stormed the wrong way while the people in our government have a chance to go into a secured location, yeah. ride it out, clear the Capitol, and then certify who won the election. Right. Meanwhile, Trump was on Twitter inciting and refusing to call anything. So clearly, 
his banishment from Twitter was entirely justified and should be permanent and was for the good of us all. Yes. So then you cut to this Elon Musk stuff where suddenly we're being told that this service we're contributing to and in return, they're getting my eyeballs on ads, which is how this service has worked. Now, all of a sudden, we're supposed to start paying for the privilege of this addictive, shitty service. So already, I'm like, I'm never going to pay to be on this no. thing. Right. I want any to be off it. I'm ashamed that I'm on it. It's right. bad to be on it as you approach 50 and you have children and you're just kind of like splaying thoughts, hoping to get some likes in this rubble. So <laughs> right. I'm loosely going, I should leave. I will leave. And then I see this Trump is coming back thing. And I just go, this is the opportunity I've been waiting yes. for. Fuck it. I'm out. Then I say, oh, I should have promoted the podcast before I got out. <laughs> I appreciate that. We appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I go, if I had this audience of a hundred some thousand people, I'd be stupid not to just say, hey, you know, if you like me, maybe listen to this thing. So I do that. And then I'm like, I'm out. And then the next day I have kind of a funny thought. And I say to myself, you know, everyone in our society has become a giant friggin' liar at this point. Like, and Trump has enabled that and Elon Musk. Like, everyone says, I'm going to do X, and then they do Y. Yes. And I'm not going to do Y, then they do Y. Why am I holding myself to a higher standard? So I, I log on, and I write this thought. I say, hey, I'm only here to say this one thing. Life is like a box of chocolates. You make one bad decision, you wind up with nuts in your mouth. I'll, I'll, I'm gone forever again. So I, I think what I'm going to do going forward on Twitter is I will never check it. When I have a thought, I will very quickly give myself the clearance to post it. And then I will say, fuck you again. That's my relationship. To this I thing. Love, I love uh, how are you going to approach it going forward? Oh, well, first of all, I love that bit. I love the yes. bit of the grand exit and then yeah. coming back with stupid shit and saying like, yeah. now, fuck you, I'm gone. <laughs> you know, so it's, that, that, it's the argument that you, the, you realize you could win two weeks later and you just go, oh, hey, just so you know. And then you have your perfect yes. repast. And then everyone's yes. like, wait, what are you talking about? <laughs> right. <laughs> with no right. rebuttal at all. It's, a, it's very Costanza-ish, which I enjoy. <laughs> yeah. So my thought, and, and I, I agree with everything you said, and I feel exactly the same way where... I have been so itching to be done with Twitter for quite a while. Like I want to be off it. And I and it's strange because I will kind of occasionally run float that idea with Tall, you know, and I, assuming that she would just be like, "Yeah, get the fuck off." But she doesn't. She always zigs when I think she's going to zag. <laughs> she's like well, you know, you are in comedy and you have a lot of fans on there. And it just, it's, it's always like, enough to keep me like, okay, well, I better, she's right. And she's an executive and she knows and my brand and all this bullshit. Like all the, the feeding and ego yeah. that does not need to be fed, that it should be bulimic by this point. Um, and, and so I, I want to be off very badly. Like I don't, and it's interesting because, and I'm sure you've noticed this and you're not uh, particularly active on Instagram anyway, because your thoughts are well-documented on that. The same as Twitter. You're a 50 year old man. Don't be dancing. I want to throw my phone in the ocean eventually and walk away from all this. Cause I having lived life both with a phone and without, I prefer it without. But. I know. I know. Well, you were living without before the podcast today when I was trying to get in touch with you. That's for sure. <laughs> But uh, so 
But I have noticed that on Instagram, where by comparison, my follower count is very small compared to Twitter. It's, it's you know, like 1% of what I have on Twitter. But the interaction and activity on Instagram is much more. People are much more engaged right now on Instagram than they are on Twitter. And you've noticed this, Goldie, and we've, we've joked about it. Whenever we post about the podcast, pretty much anywhere, nobody cares. But in particular mm-hmm. on Twitter, if we post something about the podcast, you look at it a day later and it's got like, you know, six likes and, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's not, there's For no half interaction. a million followers. You have right. half a million followers. Exactly. Yeah, and weird. so the thought that my brand will suffer or that it's somehow helping me to be on Twitter is just false at this point. I mean, I think it's provably false that it yeah. just doesn't matter. We're not, you know, we're not getting thousands of people pouring into the podcast because no. we tweet about it. It, it, it's, it just doesn't what happen. If- so I want to be gone. So I was actually rooting for you to do a clean break because honestly, if you had done that, I absolutely would have copied you and just said like, okay, I'm gone too. But now that you have this bit, it's also <laughs> yeah. like, it's encouraging me to be like, okay, well, I got to have some bit too. Like, I can't <laughs> right. just. Well, can't. why should I give it up until I want to? There's no reason for me to deprive myself if I want to fuck around on there. I'm not reading it. That's for sure. Like, I'm not going to engage with it. I'm not going to get my news from it because I think it's becoming less and less reliable with these changes that Elon Musk is making for no reason other than that, you know, basically like, He's addicted to Twitter, so he thought it was worth all this money, yeah. and now he owns it. And it's like, if if a heroin addict bought Afghanistan, you're just yeah. going like, you, you shouldn't have done that. You're addicted to heroin. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. You should not give yourself unlimited access and control of all the heroin there. Yeah, and it's it's the same thing where this this guy has no perspective on his own usage of this thing. And it is infiltrated, obviously, with all sorts of disinformation. It's a shitty, shitty place. Yeah, it's terrible. And uh, honestly, I think the best thing would be if it just dies a natural death, which it felt like a few days ago might actually happen. But I have the sneaking feeling like nobody's going to let it happen. It will. It. Will I also be. think it's a ghost ship that all the interaction there is fake. Oh wow. Could be. Well, yeah. I fucking hate it. I want to get out of it. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And speaking yeah. of things we hate and want to get out of, <laughs> let's get in to Johnny Jokes. Whoa. From a Del Mar Airbnb rental where nothing works, here, Johnny. Uh, 
That's all right. Yeah, your audio sounds like you're now streaming on Crackle. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> hey, First everyone. Johnny joke of the day? Not really. Uh, all right. Let's start off with this softball. Well, you may have heard this. Uh, Grammy-winning songstress Roberta Flack revealed that her recent ALS diagnosis has left her voice quite weak. Yeah. Uh, apparently, she now closes her shows with Killing Me Very Softly. Ooh. <laughs> I like it. That. JC, do you need me to move rooms again? I could try one more room. It's, like, really bad. I mean, I it's, it's not okay. we're, we're, It is what it is now. It's fine. Yeah, Sorry. No, it, it didn't mean to kill your momentum. Oh, please. I got no, 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 all I that momentum asking. I had been building. <laughs> you know, when I hear JC go, ooh. <laughs> I know that's always a good sign. <laughs> I thought you uh, no, came with Goldie Hot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, here's another fun story. Uh, upstate New York was hit by over five feet of snow last week. Yeah. Uh, it was so cold in New York. How cold How cold was, was it? It? <laughs> uh, it was so cold. Uh, Andrew Cuomo was unwanted touching women just for warmth. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's how cold it was. Uh, here's another. Killing me. <laughs> Killing Very me loudly. Softly. Loudly. <laughs> Kill me loudly. <laughs> Here's another one, one of my favorite topics. Scientists. <laughs> yep. Scientists in Missouri have learned uh, that a popular anti-aging supplement can lead to brain cancer. Oof. Uh, but in fairness, that would stop aging. <laughs> and that is your wheelhouse. <laughs> Scientists. Totally. Yeah. Oh, I've always been a science guy. Uh, here we go. Uh, finally, after serving a multi-game suspension for sharing an anti-Semitic video, Kyrie Irving returned to the court last night, scoring 14 points in the team's win. Uh, after the game, a contrite Kyrie said he could have scored 28, but took 50% off in support of the Jewish people. Yeah. <laughs> Second Johnny. As they say in football, it's been a short week, so not a lot of time to prepare. Not a lot of prep time. <laughs> okay, here we go. These are, be forewarned, awful. No, you heard what you just heard, right? Well, according to reports, the new Fast and Furious movie has gone vastly over budget and will cost $380 million. Whoa. Yeah, and uh, of that total, $379 million was for gas. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, yes. It's expensive. Okay. <laughs> In what's being labeled as a Sunday night massacre, former Disney chairman Bob Iger has returned, replacing his replacement, Bob Chappick. Chappick said the worst part of leaving Disney was having to carry two crying children 45 minutes to the car. <laughs> <laughs> they, didn't even, they didn't even let Chappick quitty. Uh, hey, everyone. Oh. <laughs> oh, that was good. And I will jump off that bridge. Okay. And Tesla. Yeah. Tesla stock is down 55% since the beginning of the year. But don't worry, Elon Musk has a plan. He's going to buy the company for 10 times what it's worth and give Donald Trump a Tesla. Okay. <laughs> okay. And finally, and mercifully, the crypto crash nightmare continues with the exchange FTX going belly up 
and Coinbase now in jeopardy. And Los Angeles's crypto arena is also being forced to change its name because crypto doesn't want to be associated with the Lakers. And crypto is your wheelhouse, my friend. That's where you live. Ethereum and Dogecoin. I've lost money dabbling on it all. (laughs) Well, you know, I think our failure this week at Johnny Jokes only pulls into stark relief how great it was uh, with Mike Royce last week. He was, first of all, just a great guest. He uh, came in with some great jokes. I think he lifted our game, and uh, yeah. his, his Karnak his was Karnak. was hilarious. Just the, uh, the the fact that he came in with Karnak, as you pointed out at the time, he actually likes writing. He did extra work, which is <laughs> something we're just not familiar with. So thanks again, Mike. That Rose. Herschel Walker joke was extraordinary yeah. that so he good. made. Doctor Who. But in our defense. This is a podcast about writing to let people in to how our industry works. And we both know that from Thanksgiving week till after New Year's, nothing happened. Yes. So we shouldn't have to do anything during this time <laughs> as, because we're writers. Like it's, it's unnatural for oh anyone writing in TV to do any work right oh my now. God, I know. It's terrible. It's terrible. We should be getting uh, angry at inanimate objects instead. That's, that's the time <laughs> of year it is. All right. Well, that was fun. So this week, uh, speaking of not doing much work, we're, we, we're punting. And uh, we're going to read some emails from from you listeners. You guys are always so great about sending us awesome emails filled with uh, interesting, fun uh, material. And a reminder, our email address is uh, typicaldisgustingdisplay at gmail.com if you want to send us anything. And uh, JC, I think we, or, we have a... you know, just hit me up at Twitter. At Julius Sharp, Sharp as an e at the end. You're not checking. You know, tweet at me, and, uh, and I'll, I'm on there all the time. Uh, wait a minute. It, and I'll respond. It sounds like you were lying. Uh, so, yeah, JC, we have a few today. So let's uh, let's get into them. Let's hear what, okay. what uh, our listeners have to say. All right. So should I start with anyone in particular? Or Why don't I... you start with, uh, with uh, Jay Kogan, who sent us something the other yeah. day, because that was sort of fast and funny. Yes. Uh, all right. Thanks, Jay. Here we go. Thanks, Jay. Uh, dear Goldie, Janice, Alec, and Mike, what a delightful show. Mike yeah. as in Mike Royce. Mike Royce, yes. yeah. Um, it was great to hear Goldie wax sentimental about Mike, who deserves all praise. Mike, mm. you are delightful anytime I can hear you. I hope to see you more in the 2020s. Also, mm. even though it was a throwaway Little nothing referring to a shitty neighborhood may be the smartest funny joke I've heard in months. I love that Goldie said that about <laughs> yeah, the area really of, of New York that we couldn't couldn't <laughs> identify. Twenty twenty third and third, uh, I believe, and you called it little nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's so good I may have already stolen it. Oh, that's fun. I have two questions. One, where did you find the engagement ring? JC asked and no one answered. And two, what is the acceptable pronunciation of assuage? No, no, it's assuage. <laughs> I don't know how <laughs> that, to Which say is it. hilarious because Goldie said assuage. <laughs> and, and Goldie, you've, this has happened to you before because you've, you've had some interesting pronunciations on words and you say that you have only ever read them a lot of the time, right? 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. That I don't talk to that many people outside of the podcast. Yeah. I <laughs> I can relate. Live in a bubble. Yes. I yes. I avert my gaze. <laughs> Maybe there's as I'm learning in my research, there might be a slight spectrum issue going on with me that as I hit 50, it's too late. It's too late to do anything about it. So a lot of times I, I, in my readings, I stumble across a word and I say, I would like to use that word. Yeah. And then I just go fire it off. And then yeah. of course the criticism is swift. And, I like a swish. Uh, you know what? Yeah. Don't, don't try to assuage or assuage yourself and thinking you're better than me because you've had you know, a thousand more conversations. <laughs> well, the interesting thing about that word is... Assuage. I, Sorry, yes, I just yeah, haven't... Yeah, thank you. <laughs> but I have a feeling that it derives from a French word, and in also. that case, the proper pronunciation would be assuage, because yeah. that's how they would say something like that in France. But uh, yeah, it's assuage. So uh, yes, so I think... The French, you might be very continental there, Goldie, in your pronunciation is my yes. point. But now let's answer his first question, which is yes, where please. did Steph, because you told a story, which I thought was hilarious, about how on the night of the Family Guy 400th episode party, <laughs> you came with Steph and she promptly <laughs> lost her engagement ring and, and then her phone. But so where did she find the engagement ring? It was in her purse. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait. Did you put it there? Did also, it slip off? If you're already married, why are you wearing a ring to show you're engaged? Like that makes no sense you want at all. People to see yeah, it. wait, she still wears the engagement ring. I do too. Shit. Oh, because I mean, every like, woman does, I guess, who's married. Pretty. Oh, but you just kind of go. What are we? What are we doing with these engagement rings? Oh God, tall sandbag me so bad with our engagement ring. So <laughs> she insisted. When, uh, you know, when it was coming up, like she was like, this is the ring I want. I love this designer. This is exactly what I want. And it was at the time, like it was really inexpensive. And I was like, all right, great. And then I so I got her this thing. But just like to show it off as an engagement ring and seeing other people's faces when they see it, they're just kind of like, look at me like, what a fucking cheap asshole. Oh and I God. think the whole thing was a grand setup. To just make me look like a total dick. That's <laughs> what she wanted, I swear. I know. And she begged me to get it. She's like, oh, it's this designer in Colorado and does the best stuff with these stones and it's natural mini diamonds. And I'm like, all right. And then she gets it. And it just, it's so just... The best description I ever heard of one was, and this is, I read somewhere that when Tiger Woods was facing his marital troubles, he called Kobe Bryant and... <laughs> Because yeah. he knew he had faced him a couple of these said, I need the house on a ring. Where'd you get it? <laughs> totally. <laughs> Is that true? I read it somewhere. I mean, uh, I wouldn't probably be surprised. Probably on Twitter. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah, who knows? Is but, it true? Who who knows? Yeah, but Kobe, Kobe pulled it all back together with that giant diamond. We all yeah. remember the that. The house on a ring. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. The house on a ring. I love that. <laughs> the famous um, house all right. on a ring. Jay, and I will say it, it was a very nice email. Thank you for continuing to listen. It sounds yes. like maybe you were ghosted by Mike Royce for the last decade, but hopefully this email <laughs> will get you guys back on track. Wait, uh, his last sentence is nice, too. Well, it's funny. I'm clearly on a deadline and procrastinating. Otherwise, I wouldn't write a fan note to a podcast. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, Jay. 
Hey, look, if, if anyone here is sort of having a misconnections experience with a friend, just email us and we'll set you back up. We'll get you going. Oh, again. yeah. With our wide. Maybe we just switch formats entirely. If we get emails from both friends who feel like they're not quite jibing. Mm-hmm. Yes. I we love sort it. of try to broker a truce between them and get them together. And then we follow up. Oh, I with love our it. clear channel esque reach on this podcast, <laughs> yes. I'm sure we could connect anybody. Um, all right, who do we have next, JC? Dealer's choice. Okay, so um, I'm going to go with Mona Obupor. Yes, Obupor. Obupor. Maybe Obubor? see, you've just read it. You've just read yes. it, so you don't know it's pronounced Obupor. No, you know what? There you go. Yeah, but also I said Obupor, which is very dyslexic <laughs> of me. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Mona. Let's just okay. call her Mona. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, subject: Fan mail from Nigeria. Ooh, look at that! Talk about a wide reach. Yes. Dear Goldblatt, JC, and Alec, greetings from Lagos, Nigeria. Big city, big city. I just listened to your latest podcast. So this was sent in October. So um, I just listened to your latest episode with Rich Appel, and I enjoyed it so much, I thought I'd write. I've been a fan from episode one, and each week your podcast provides me with lots of laugh out loud moments, and also moments to think. I just love it. I like listening while I do my grocery shopping. If anyone at the store hassles me, I tell them I'm on a very important work call. And by the time I leave, I'm so in character, I actually believe I am in a meeting. I'm outraged to have been disturbed, like the people wanting to point me in the right direction of soon-to-expire discounted cereal have threatened my livelihood. I am an old friend of Goldie's, and he happens to be the godfather of my 19-year-old daughter. Oh, that's so sweet. Yes. Yeah, he's kind of like a genius, and I like to say it's, I intervened twice for five minutes in her life because she lives in Nigeria. I've not been able to have much contact with her. Yeah. Wow. The the two pearls of wisdom I dropped were obviously critical. Well, (laughs) yeah, clearly you you righted the ship. And I will say John Viner, who is not invited to be a part of this podcast, is is Levy, my daughter's uh, godfather. And I think you've had more involvement in this this woman's (laughs) life than he has in Levy's. So good on you. Okay. I enjoy him so much and have since we were young. Now, as we get older and he shares stories about the sorrows of life, I can't help but laugh like he's doing stand-up. Maybe this makes me a bad friend, but it's really beyond my control. I notice Alec and JC do this too whenever Goldblatt rants, no matter what he's talking about. He's just a delight, and one can't help but enjoy him. Aww. Yeah, it's really sweet. Now, why did we read this email? I know. Uh, Why why did you point me to this email? Why did I pick this one? It's so great. there, there's a reason beyond sort of that I love hearing myself lavishly praised. Uh, <laughs> she's a, a dear, dear friend, as is her husband. But I also, I know we have an audience of executives listening. And, and Mona is a fantastic writer, as yeah. you can tell from the email. But she writes for a Nigerian magazine. She has a master's from BU. And she has one of the most fascinating stories of anyone I know having had kids and then moved to Nigeria. And I just wanted to point out to our executive audience that this may be an untapped resource for a wholly original show of someone who follows their husband's family into Nigeria and lives as an American in Nigeria. And her stories are just fascinating. So just throwing it out there, this is free show material for someone to pick up the ball and run with. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, so I it is it. something, or it, it is anything. It is one it of is. those. Oh, I still oh don't it is know. very much both something and anything. <laughs> yes, awesome. So the, in closing, keep up the brilliant work. It's such a treat to listen to your podcast. You guys make magic. You're all so talented, and it's a wonder you found each other. Yours, Mona Zucci Opabor. Thank you, Mona. Thank you, Mona. I'm, I'm wondering what is the name pun title oh, for Mona? Oh, of her show. Yeah. Like, what's her show? Is it Mo- Mona Alone? But she's not alone. She's got a family. Yeah. So it's like, um, I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to come back we'll with a good name pun. We'll think about it while you guys yeah. think. I'm sorry. I was just so distracted because you've been smoking pot virtually your entire life. And you just took a big inhale and cough like you suck at it. What the hell? Why are you not better at smoking pot? <laughs> By Did the way, you cough I am, smoking? I am not smoking pot right now. <laughs> Imagine oh, you were. Just vaping? Yeah, that's just that's just normal vaping. Well, you've been vaping for so long. Like you suck at vaping. It's hard to watch. I I had a little water go down the wrong th- uh, oh. part of my throat, and that was that I was call all that wrong part hole, of Nicole. it. Oh, Alec, wrong hole, Sulkin. <laughs> uh, they they used to you call wrong. me that for very different reasons, and that's uh, exactly that's, what's the story for another day. Yes, I have uh, a very long story, but funny story. Anyway, we won't talk about that. And we move on to uh, other emails? Sure. Yeah. Well, wait, oh, now I'm, con- I'm intrigued. What, you have a story about what, wrong hole? Wrong hole, Nicole. Oh, yes. That's it. <laughs> Leave it. <laughs> That's it. That's, That's it. What, no yeah. more needs to be said. Yeah, we Leave call, it to yeah. your imagination. Yeah, a show too. Yeah. 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 Literally, it turned into that's what whenever we inhale like water or something down the wrong pipe, I call it wrong yeah. hole, Nicole, based off of this thing in high school that happened <laughs> to poor Nicole. Yeah. This <laughs> is, if we, we need to have merch. I just think a t-shirt with wrong hole Nicole on it could sell so uh, many. Yes. Oh, but de- de- desperate to get pregnant, wrong hole Nicole <laughs> is having trouble. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. I love that. Okay. I'm glad we got wrong hole Nicole. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go with an email from Ben Leather. Yes. So the subject is, Huge schmucking relief. Okay. Hello, JC, Alec, and Goldie. Your podcast has been a wonderful source of entertainment, information, and inspiration. Listening for this past year has encouraged me to start writing regularly. I'm proud to say that I've written the first season of an original show that isn't hated by anyone who has read it so far. Wow. This is where I have a lot of questions. Now what? I'm in Canada and keep hearing about how streaming platforms are looking for Canadian content. So I think there's an opportunity here. What would a productive next step be in terms of what kind of person I should seek out? How should I protect the work? And I'll get ahead of myself here. What should a writer slash creator try to retain or get when it comes to contracts? I hope these questions are interesting enough to address on the podcast at some point. I wish you all well and thank you in advance. My best, Ben Leather. What a nice name. First of all, great name, Ben Leather. Yes, totally. But here's the thing, just to knock out a couple of concerns at the end there. Do not worry about ooh, retaining my rights and you know those last couple of things that you, where you said I'm getting ahead of myself. Yes, you're getting way ahead of yourself, and I can almost guarantee you whatever you're writing now, and it's great that you've written that much, is not going to be the thing that you have to worry about retaining rights for. Basically, what you should be thinking about is the first part of your question is who do I get this to? How do I get this in front of somebody? 
do not worry about, oh, what about the rights and do I have to trademark it? Like th- that version of Hollywood, I feel like maybe used to exist where if, a, uh, you know, some property drifted across someone's desk, they might steal it. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like that doesn't exist really anymore with emails and time codes and all that yeah. shit. You just don't really have to worry about that. But, and I'm not sure I have the answer. What is a good next step? I mean, he's Canadian, Ben is, and he's got clearly some Canadian material, which apparently streaming services are clamoring for. I think we hear about that all the time. <laughs> what about Canada? Um, but Maybe in Canada. so I'm, I'm wondering what it, what would be his next step, Goldie? Do you have any thoughts on that? On like who he should try and get this in front of? Yeah, in no particular order, I'm going to try to address his concerns. The the first thing is, I agree with you. The risk of being stolen, plagiarized, is very small, but if you really can't sleep at night, you could always go on the Writers Guild website and register the scripts for, I think, either 10 or $25. I don't remember which. And you basically upload a PDF or a final draft doc certifying when and where you wrote it, and they'll retain a copy. So then yeah. you don't have to worry about that. Even though I agree with you, you don't need to worry about it being yeah. stolen. But that's something concrete you can do if, if you are actually, you know, just can't get any rest. Right. Because your mind, you're you're sitting on your pile of scripts like a like a penguin on its egg, (laughs) determined not to let anyone steal your precious cargo. And in fairness, that that fee in Canada might be thirty two dollars because things seem to be higher. Right. Yeah. Because their currency is a joke. It's worthless. Um, So again, like you, I don't know about this Canadian content thing. I, I wonder if maybe you've heard conversations about that it. It's cheaper to shoot in Canada because I don't think well, you have to what <laughs> I do use know, union labor. Uh, what I do know about Canada is that there is a Canadian content rule. So I think that they have to have a certain amount of content that is by Canadians on, in terms of- In Canada. Yeah. In Canada itself. And so they'll pay and subsidize production of it. Yeah. And so then I think- like Schitt's Creek is, I, I think, the best known example of this. Mm, you can then, you can produce it in Canada for cheaper and then attract a streaming service once you've produced it who buys the whole series to air because they like it. So I think it sounds as though this person may have done too much work in yeah. writing an entire season of something that no one has seen, which, I oh. look, I, I can't tell someone not to do that or, you know, it's all good practice. There's no labor wasted, but I don't know who is going to read an entire season's worth of stuff. It sounds like maybe what this person needs to do is backtrack and create a short two-page pitch of what this is saying, here's the idea. You know, it's about forest rangers who can put out fires, but can't do it in their own personal lives or whatever one of these generic taglines is to get people interested. It's it's young people in Ottawa trying to find their way in the big business of fracking. You know, (laughs) I I, I don't know, but like some sort of short summary that at least informs people what world we're in, what the characters are doing, whether it's workplace, whether it's family, uh, whether it's friends. And from there, you know, the main characters are, these four or five people, short descriptions of each. The pilot is short description so that you can then pitch quickly to people and inform them, hey, I've got the show. It's based in this world. It's these people. Are you interested? And if they say yes, you say, great. Would you like to read a pilot? They can read the pilot, you know, or, and then if they say, wow, this pilot's dynamite, then you can say, well, here's a shocker. I've written the whole season. Here you yeah. go. And then, they'll, yeah. you know, fast track you in production. 
But I think the first thing you need to do is, you know, I don't know the situation in Canada. Are there Canadian agents? You know, cold call through a friend. Just you need to get the briefest, best description of possible of what you've done so that you can convey it quickly, succinctly and well to people who can help you. Yes. And then you just need to do that as much as possible to as many people as possible and hope one of them says, sounds great. Tell me more. Yes. And then you can slowly unparcel all the stuff you have. Yeah. yeah, I think that's great advice. And I think basically to, to boil that down a little bit, like I think that the best next step for you might be to figure out how to locally find someone who might be able to help or might be somehow tangentially related to the entertainment industry and then hope that that person can then help you make the leap to do you want to get it seen in yeah. by someone in LA and maybe someone. So I would take, try and take a first step regionally in terms of like, you know, here's someone who works for the CBC and I'll try and get it to them. And then if they like it, they can get it to, you know, sci-fi network or Nat Geo or whatever the hell it's, is appropriate for this, uh, this piece. But those are, those are good legitimate yeah. uh, writer questions and uh, congrats to you, Ben, for, writing an entire first season yes one more one more thing i'm going to try to think also in in more modern terms and less sort of what we would have done in the 90s to get attention yeah is look you have all this material you know can you or someone close to you perform some dialogue from this material in character on tiktok maybe in a way that you say like here are these characters and you show them a little bit you've got tiktok so they're produced and to see if people react to it at all. And if people start passing it around, then you say, this is actually the basis of a show I had, right? So yeah. it's yeah. like, say you had Curb Your Enthusiasm in your head, you could do these Larry David rants about, you know, the restaurant minutia in right. character and hopefully generate some interest. And it's a way of just kind of beta testing whether people have any buy-in to this world. That's yeah. great. That's great. And you're right. That that modernizes it from my 90s advice to your, you know, sort of 2020 take, which is better. Yeah. All right, Ben, thank you for that email. JC, yes. what do we have? Tweet next? it out, man. Just get on Twitter. <laughs> tweet it. Tweet, tweet at me. Yeah, tweet at me how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna read, so for Chris Sheridan, Chris, our, our, our friend oh, who I have not we, yet to meet in person, Chris Sheridan. Yeah, our friend. We got to have him on the show, by the way. I would love to. And, and yeah. you... I don't know where this came from, Chris. I did not subtly block you from our roster, as Alex said. So I'm just, just going on read the email, okay. JC. Stop trying to protect your precious image. <laughs> My precious image. Okay, so this is from Chris. The subject is from Sheridan. JC Alec Goldie. I was going to just text you guys, but I don't have JC's number and didn't want to leave her out. Oh, first Mm. of all, I love the podcast and I would talk about how lonely my life is sometimes living in rural Connecticut and how hearing two friends tell hysterical jokes in my house when I'm alone sometimes keeps me from looking for a strong rope and a heavy beam in my barn. But that would be too sad. (laughs) (laughs) That would have to be a very strong rope. Recently married friend, Chris Sheridan. (laughs) Everything's going wrong. <laughs> He's got quite a barn there, by the way. And by the way, if you're if you're gonna hang yourself, do it at Viner's house, please. Oh, right. Goldie's <laughs> 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 picture. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> 
but had to write after this week's Todd episode because the cutesy overload clever character name pun titles have always been the bane of my existence. Worst I've ever heard is possibly 2001's TV show More Patience. Here's the logline. Patience Moore, a 30-year-old therapist in New York City, navigates a difficult divorce while dealing with a vivid fantasy life. Oh, so her name <laughs> is its Moore Patience, and her name Patience. is Patience Moore. Oh, okay. And she takes on Patience. Right? Oh, wow. With Patience. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. <boy. laughs> okay. This is not a joke. This was a real TV show. That's right. Her name oh. is Patience Moore. And what she really needs in life is more patience. And she also has patience. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. After- Unreal. What a clusterfuck. <laughs> After that, when I was bored, I literally would do what you guys were doing on the podcast. Years ago, I started writing some down when I was bored. See below. All three of you are awesome. I don't know how you find the time to add this podcast to your already busy plates, and I certainly can't fathom why, but I'm glad you do, Chris. <laughs> yep, you, Thanks, we're right Chris. there with you, Chris. We can't fathom it either. Now, <laughs> did, do, do we actually, do we have yeah. the couple of puns? That yeah, we, I yeah. Just, can we go back to patience more for one yeah. second? Absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's an aspect of it, you almost admire it because it's the... so like it, you know, a snake eating its own tail. But yes. God, it, these titles—it's—it's like seeing a guy blow himself. Like you know, <laughs> like I get theoretically that's something that people aspire to, <laughs> but when you actually witness it, it's grotesque. Yeah, and brings up all sorts of questions. Yes. Yeah. like <laughs> what are you going to eat your own kids? <laughs> Like that, it's it's eating your own jizz of TV. (laughs) Have you, first of all, have you seen anyone do that? Have you seen a guy who can do that? No, but I heard an incredible story that I can't retell here of a very (laughs) well-known celebrity supposedly doing that. Oh my God, Uh, awesome. And and I just, (laughs) it, it was... And at the time, the person was like, when I heard it, in their 60s. So I thought that was I, an additional hilarious whoa. part of it. I can, I can say that I have seen it. One of my cousins can do it. What? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my. So you saw your cousin suck yep. his own dick. Correct. <laughs> that is really crazy. Get in here. You got to see this. I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. you get, the whole, get Uncle Nunchi in here. He's got to see this. <laughs> Are you gonna have to give a toast at that wedding? No, no, that's already passed, thankfully, and I and I left that part out of it. Um, but okay, it's time to commit. Twenty twenty four is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Bite, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at home impression kit today for only fourteen ninety five at Bite dot com. Bite Clear Liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, 
what makes a life a good one. In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. So Sheridan, he's got the name yes. puns. Let's hear it. Okay, There's so, a couple that he jotted down when bored. Yes, awful movie titles. Here we go. Father Figures. Father Vincent Figures gets <laughs> flack from the church when he turns his artistic talents to just draw nudes. It's <laughs> really similar That's to that. That's good. It's blowing itself. The totally. title is blowing itself. Get and in speak- here, Uncle Nunch. Okay, so also um, sucking his own dick, Bum Dick. <laughs> Gay homeless detective Richard Bum solves crimes. <laughs> Bum dick. That's my I mean, by the one. way, I'm definitely watching that pilot. That in Wayne, that Wayne in the ass. Yeah, that's Wayne in the ass level. <laughs> and then it should, uh, it should also just be written to the level of Frasier. Right. <laughs> yes. That would be yes. great. Oh, my God. Just so erudite. And, oh, my God. Uh, that would be excellent. And then um, his, his third one, he has one more. Um, yeah. Heir apparent. Pilot Michael Eyre stands to inherit millions, but not until he can prove he's a great father to his estranged son. Oh, that's great. Eyre. Uh, that's and it's, just good. Yeah. yeah. And it's spelled kind of like hyphened, right? Yeah. Like Eyre uh, dash apparent. Parent. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's great. Sheridan, wow. you have that's a really gift good. for those, and I, yes. I always remember it. And it's funny because Sheridan, maybe 15 years or so ago, created a show. I think it was starring, I want to say like Craig Bierko. And I don't remember what it was called, but it was about two Love brothers. What? Wasn't it like Love Lines or something? I don't remember. It was about two it was about brothers and one was a cop and the other was a criminal. I'm and I to think find it. David Goodman Great who we've The had Great a, Malones. The Great Malones, is that right? I was close. Okay. Yeah, yeah Love Lines is very close <laughs> to the Great Malones. <laughs> But so, but David David Goodman, uh, who we've had on the podcast before, I remember he used to call that show that the fake title of it was FBI, <laughs> which I always thought was hilarious. Moving on, yeah, on. You know, I just read the Matthew Perry book, and Craig Bierko was supposed to be Chandler on Friends, oh, and really? turned it down to do a different yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, he could have had an exploded colon. It's funny how life works out. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> he um, lost his chance. Do we have uh, another? Yes, we that... have one more. The subject okay. is, is this something from Paul B., as he yeah. said, because his last name is too hard to pronounce, is what he said. Bredenberg? Okay. Bredenberg? Alec, Goldie, and JC, I thought I'd check with some experts before spinning up the creative process on this one. Since I'm only a hobby screenwriter, my creative process is comprised of hours and hours of a rough draft, followed by 10 years of abandonment. As it happens, I love the ideas, I just hate writing them down. I thought this would be a fun, dark romantic comedy or single cam series, somewhere in the neighborhood of Interview with a Vampire plus a dash of Frasier. An aging immortal undead creature of the night, alien, etc., has once again reached the point of her, in her life where it's becoming obvious that she just isn't aging. Her friends are jealous, her co-workers are suspicious, and it's high time to start over. But she's splurged a bit in the fame department and has become a successful film and television producer. It's looking like faking her own death in one of the usual ways isn't going to cut it. As if things weren't complicated enough, after thousands of years, she just isn't as sharp as she used to be. 
Short-term memory problems are starting to unravel her intricate framework of lies and half-truths, and her new love interest is beginning to suspect something. Will she successfully pull off a complicated transition to her next identity, and at the same time still manage to produce killer content for the masses? Or, in a world infested with invasive social media followers and conspiracy theorists, will she be uncovered as the freak of nature she truly is? Your faithful disgusty, Paul B. Wow. Wow, it's a lot to digest there. And, and it's funny, because I read that, I knew we were going to be looking at that email, so yes, I, I looked at that one a couple times. Here's what I think about that. First of all, it's a, it's an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. I love the concept of immortals not mm-hmm. aging and what That's happens true. to the people in their life around them who do age, you know, mm-hmm. and then when do they start to notice it? Like, that's that's interesting. Hi, mm-hmm. Lloyd. Lloyd Hello. is making a cameo appearance Hi, here. Hi, buddy. Um, oh my God, he's so sweet. Goldie's dog. Goldie's sweet pug. Yes. But so that is an interesting idea, the immortals aging. Does, do people notice? But here's what I think. It's like... It's almost like you want to swap the A and the B stories there because I think Paul has the A story of what is going to happen when, you know, she's not aging and are people going to notice. It feels like that needs to be the background story. And yeah. the the A story should be her job. Like it should be a workplace, yeah. either comedy or drama Ooh. about her job as a TV producer because you can get a lot of natural stories out of that what's she working on what are her co-workers like is there you know some social issue that they're dealing with at the show you know all the all the problems that come with it and having the undercurrent of like somebody's on to her for not aging so it's almost like the x-files week after week was Kind of like Monster of the Week and crazy thing happened here, interesting thing happened there. And then there was this undercurrent of like a giant conspiracy uh, below it. And I think that's what made the show so interesting. And I think if you make that switch and make the show more about week to week at the show that where she works, what's happening, and then this undercurrent of, oh my God, people are starting to notice that she's not aging. But I like this idea. And I agree. I mean, I've I've watched a lot a lot of vampire shows, yes, and like werewolf shows. I'm I'm one of those people. So yeah. um, I agree. The thing that's most interesting is the day to day storylines of like. I mean, how else are you gonna? Is it a movie that he's pitching or a show? I think it's a show. Yeah, because how else are you gonna keep writing each right. week, right? So yeah, yeah, I, I agree. But I do I do like this. I I immediately was happy we were writing we we're reading this because I love vampire shows. Goldie's been lost in Lloyd's eyes. <laughs> I know it's really sweet. No, I've been listening. I I think you've given great advice. I'm not the audience for werewolves and vampires. I yeah. just yeah. simply don't like that those genres. But yeah. I, I do think it it sounds as though people are catching on feels like the final season of this show leading to the finale. Like it seems like what you want, as you said, is a show about the pilot is this person's dealing with all this show business crap. And the last moment is you reveal they're a vampire, they're undead, they're Correct. whatever. And that then throughout the season, like maybe as, as things come up and issues come up in their life, they're dealing with a framework of having been alive for a thousand years and they can either go back or, or, or make allusions to situations from 800 years ago and, and pull in and yeah, yeah. use yeah. that knowledge in a modern way and synthesize sort of history into how they're functioning. And maybe along the way, they notice someone else is immortal. 
in, yes. in doing so. You know, then if the show business part is interesting enough to carry the show, I wonder why do you need the immortality part, Diamond? Yes. If you created a compelling enough character that, you know, but, but I don't like that genre. Yeah. Like I yeah. see that genre, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, like, I get that too. And, and I had that same thought where it's like, you know, you have these shows like Larry Sanders that are so interesting and it's just about a TV show and you can totally do it about that. Um, but I do like the idea of adding this extra supernatural it, element. Do you lose, like, say, you know, at the end of the Larry Sanders pilot as he crawls into a coffin and goes to sleep? Like, <laughs> well, who gives a shit about that? Like, right. I well, was maybe, enjoying this other part. Yeah. So to me, it, but I, it's, it's a bit unfair for me to say that as someone who doesn't yeah. get yes. the appeal of it yeah. at all. I think it'd be more of like hinting at it. It's good to hear all sides because I think you represent a, a, you know, a decent sector of like executives and fans who might not engage with that kind of stuff. And I think JC represents another. I like uh, supernatural shows. Faction. Well, she's, she's undead. Yeah, yes. that's why, obviously. <laughs> I know. About to well, be discovered. The, yeah, she keeps Look at claiming. Her. She's 50 and she, I know. she looks. 18, I know. So, she claims yeah, that she's, she's older than we are, but if you could see this Zoom right now, that's just a preposterous <laughs> statement on its face, on our faces. Um, all right, well, so those are the emails, yeah. right? Well, his la- he has yeah. a P.S. I just, it's oh, so nice. I just want to read Go the P.S. P.S. I'm in love with the show, and after months of hard work, I'm nearly current on the pod. Thanks for being a regular bright spot in my week. Oh, Thanks, thank Paul. You. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for listening. Keep yes. thinking of those ideas, and please keep sending us emails because we love them. Yeah. A typical disgusting display at gmail.com. Those well, are very fun. Yeah. I, mean, I have a couple. Oh, wait, wait. Do you do? Because you have people who sent in uh, we have name two things. Friends. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Lou Schneider and Chris Long sent me their own pitches, pun pitches. Oh, great. So, Lou Schneider, the fennel solution. After, <laughs> after German emigre Hans Grubhandler, <laughs> think a meaner Wolfgang Puck has a heart event, like a heart attack, I guess. He converts his successful schnitzel restaurant into a super trendy vegan eatery. Uh, well, by the way, just Lou, God damn it, you get dinged for putting the word schnitzel in there. That's just a comedy word. We're I don't know, man. You. Literally every word of that thing is funny. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the economy in that pitch is incredible. I yeah, know. the the fennel solution is great. Yes. And then um, our, our friend Chris Long, say yes. hello to my little trend. <laughs> oh, yeah. she's, a, she's a fashion designer in Miami that all the guys oh. want, but she falls in love with the unlikely suitor. I wonder if it's the, the your weatherman. Oh, yeah, <laughs> your climatologist. climatologist. The tall, dark climatologist <laughs> comes to town. Yes. Oh, wait. But imagine if, if on vacation she meets Scott Potato. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or Wayne in the ass. Wayne in the ass. <laughs> yeah. or Wayne in the day. ass is definitely going to be with Ron Hall, Nicole. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, for yes. sure. Oh, absolutely! That's great. Oh, that's well. They're they're back to back on like yeah. a Friday oh, night lineup. Nice back, oh, to, back, back. to back. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> did you mean to do that? No, I didn't actually, but I love that. It was um, let's say that I did. Okay. Um, well, thank you, Chris and Lou, and everyone yes. who wrote in an email. Yeah, we love you. Guys. And uh, now let's get into a portion of the show we like to call Top Five. Top Five. Oh. Beautiful dulcet, dulcet tones. <laughs> uh, Goldie, tell us what we're top fiving about today. 
So these were the top five toys from your childhood. And yes. I will go first because okay. I blissfully don't have to do the topic uh, <laughs> for next week. Number five, matchbox cars. Yeah. Nice. I know I sound a hundred years old. Oh, God, are old too. When I got that Porsche and that Mazda RX-7 oh. and I just pushed them on the floor <laughs> for hours and hours. Yeah. What a great what a great uh time that was yeah and you would just make them crash with each other all day it was awesome <laughs> and you'd trade them they're fun yeah. uh number four the evil knievel motorcycle that you would pull backwards and it would gain charge and then you'd let go and it would go flying oh yeah sick. those wow, were great yeah. i forgot about those that was 1970s bliss and wasn't wow. there also one where that had like almost like a zip in the back where that you'd pull out the cool. zip wire and it would go yeah i think yeah. maybe what happened was i lost that wire and i was just pulling it back yeah yeah I think <laughs> awesome. that's right. a lot of my toys came from my cousins who were like six years older the yeah. parents would just bring a box and then that would be my stuff could, could they suck their um, own dicks <laughs> uh, well you know we never as cousins really got to the point where we were that close uh, intimate yeah well we were getting to how everyone's dicks were getting sucked that's right. <laughs> uh, number three and again there's a genre here but remote controlled car oh, yeah. yeah there is a yeah. genre you know when you when i the, when you the first one i saw it when i was eight blew my mind and they continue to blow my mind by the way the ones today where they go like 50 miles an hour they're amazing oh, yeah those are amazing and and then number two and number one i i know i'll be shocked if you don't share number two wiffle ball oh, oh sick great. great idea how even many think afternoons yeah. from yes. 1977 <laughs> To 1990, wild away, just <laughs> playing wiffle ball. That's awesome. I I I miss it so. And yeah. number one, it kept me sane as I would close my room door for hours and hours on end. No, not sucking my own dick. Playing <laughs> Nerf hoop. Oh, Bam. that's amazing. Overlap, baby. And by wow. the way, if you got me in my bedroom. I could beat Michael Jordan yes. in my bedroom. I feel <laughs> confident of that too. You knew every wall angle, where oh, to start every taking angle. steps. That's yeah. amazing. Low ceiling, and I could just bullet it in from anywhere. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. What a great list. That's awesome. Wow. Okay. JC, so, you want to go? Yes, please. Okay. So mm, my toys are not as cool, but uh, much younger, uh, my number five was Tinker Toys. Um, I used to love build, I don't know. I spent a lot of time building those. Sure. Those are solid. And then, um, my number four, uh, this is super random and I'm, I've been trying to find it for years. It, and I didn't like sit there and play with it forever, but it was this weird little backpack, a plastic backpack. It was green, like military green. And you pulled the cord and the guy would say, let's go fishing pal and then like you pulled again it would say <laughs> okay you cook the fish and then for some reason i was obsessed with this thing and i took it apart because i wanted to figure out how it worked and so i just had the mechanism and i pulled it like just for years i took a lot of things apart that's um, crazy <laughs> <laughs> number three uh, very similar to lincoln logs i actually not to ticker toys as Lincoln logs. Cause I used yeah. to, I guess I liked building and taking things apart. So, um, number two was my, the orange Fisher price record player that my parents got me. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Pretty Great. much 
the beginning of music for me, my sister and I would learn harmonies. We'd sing like James Taylor harmonies that my dad had taught us oh, and all this stuff. Yes, yes James yes. Taylor. I love James it. Taylor, Lilting, yes. soft, yes. soft. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then my number one, this is a, um, when I was a kid, I was obsessed with dodgeball, in particular, nation ball. I was obsessed. And yeah. the, the red rubber ball that you would get, that yeah. was, I had it with me all the time. I was like the weird kid with the red rubber ball. The pinky ball. No, it was like it was like this the, the big. Red. Oh, the regular dodge. Ball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, but Goldie it, it hit him with the accent with what we used to call dodgeball in Massachusetts. Dodgeball? No, no. Do you remember? <laughs> no. Bombardment. <laughs> oh, really? That's rad. I wish yeah, I knew that's that. That's what they call dodgeball in Massachusetts. <laughs> all right, all right. We're gonna play bombardment. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's a great list, JC. Thank you. All right. Here's my number five, and I don't know the name of this thing. I'm just calling it that water toy with the rings. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You'd sit oh. there the dentist and, one. I, yeah, yeah. I would play that for hours. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. I love those. Those Girl. were great. Forgot about that. Um, number four, and here's a little clue. Oh, oh, oh I know what it is. Simon. Yes. yes. <laughs> you got yes. it. Simon. Yes. What a game that was. Hours of fun. Yes. Number three, and I don't know why I was, I loved this toy. I wanted it so badly. I got it. I was very happy. Stretch Armstrong. Oh, nice. Remember nice. that guy? You'd yes. stretch him apart and you'd just literally see how far it could go. <laughs> and then eventually you'd rip an arm off and you'd see there's like this weird jelly in there, which was also very interesting. But I was obsessed with Stretch Armstrong. Yes. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, number two was Coleco Football. Oh, Remember oh, that yes. little handheld game, Coleco yes. Football? Very fun. And number one, Goldie, we're in sync. My yes. Nerf hoop. And nice. I felt the same oh. way. Hours and hours. And, and I'm sure you were the same way where you'd, you'd snap the rim and tape it. And it had a couple <laughs> little taped up together points. It was, it was all so awesome. The ball um, was so pitted by the end. I mean, I had the same ball for oh, probably awesome. 14 years. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Good job, people at, uh, at Nerf. And I almost put on Nerf football for our friend Brody, but... All right, that, that was a fun list, Goldie, fun yeah. topic. And now I have one for next week, top five single seasons of TV. Ooh, mm. oh, this is, oh, I love this one. Okay, Wait, good. sorry, to clarify, do you mean that only ran for a single season? No, or just, no. Okay, great, great. Just pull your favorite single seasons of TV. Okay. Good, that'll be next week, top five single seasons of TV. We'll have fun talking about that. All right, let's end the show as we always do. On a high note. Thank you, Tom and Max. A little extra. Um, I'll just spit mine out. Uh, there's, there's really, uh, obviously, we can't get into it. There's so much to talk about with this topic, but it's not really. This isn't really our strength. But I, I want to uh, highlight this guy. I think his, I don't know how to pronounce it exactly. I think his name is Richard Farrow. Richard Fierro. Richard oh, yeah. Farrow. He's the guy who at this uh, ridiculous club shooting, LGBTQ club in Colorado, this is the guy who took the gun out of the gunman's hand and hit him with it repeatedly. So, I mean, it was obviously an awful, awful tragedy and just so sickening what happened there. But I am glad 
that this man was there to prevent more loss of life and beat the shit out of this yes. fucking asshole who, yes. who did this. Um, yeah, so incredible. Richard, and I'm sorry if I'm getting the name uh, pronounced wrong, Richard Ferro Fierro, yeah. you are a true hero. What a hero, Thank for you. real. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. My uh, high note. <laughs> yeah, still. Thank God you're. Thank God you're taking the hit. <laughs> I know. I'll go. I'll go. go. Uh, and sorry, Lou, uh, to do this to you, but um, my high note is for Lou Schneider. <laughs> <laughs> what did he do? Well, he left. I think he left Twitter, and he got on Instagram to. He now switched to Instagram. So I just want everyone to, if you follow Lou on Twitter, to follow him at. Schneider.lu on Instagram. Oh, okay. I will do that right after over. the show. Yeah. Awesome. So. Good job, Lou. <laughs> uh, my high note is, is the town of Del Mar, California, where I'm currently Ooh. spending a few days off. And sweet. Sure, everyone walking around in a fleece for a shitty soul draining company are the people who actually live here. Uh, but it is just so beautiful here the beach is amazing and it's one of these towns where you you understand why people in certain places think there are no problems in the world because everything that happens down here you're like that seems very far away and not real whereas like the second i go home and everyone's on next door it's like i want to shoot the coyotes someone (laughs) took the catalytic converter from my prius and there was a mysterious minority in the neighborhood and someone's like that's me i live here asshole and you know all that stuff Yes. It's just been such a welcome respite from that yeah. because it seems like not much happens here in the best of ways. That's yeah, amazing. That's, that's, your, that's your happy place. Where yeah. I like Cape Cod, you love that San Diego area. I've known that about yeah. you. Yeah. That's nice. I'm glad you're there. Yes. And I'm Can't glad- afford it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> not yet. Uh, I'm, so I'm glad you're there. I'm glad you all listened to us this week. Thank you all. And thank you two for being awesome. Thank and you. we will speak to you again next week. Next week. (laughs) That was fun. And it stops right now. (laughs) Go pioneers. Pioneers.